Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Baltimore Ravens look unbeatable. Are they? This is Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. No Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Andre Snellings hanging out instead. So the Baltimore Ravens. They took it to my Miami Dolphins, Andre, okay, this past weekend. And I'm trying to put it out of my mind, but it's hard to because we have to talk about the Ravens. They look like the best team in the NFL. Now, I've said that about several teams in the NFL this season. The Ravens right now, they are the one seed in the AFC. If you're looking at the AFC, I don't even know who's competing with the Ravens in the AFC. That's that's how far it feels like, frankly, after Sunday. And I don't want to overreact to one win there, but an incredibly dominant win by the Baltimore Ravens. It feels like ain't nobody else even playing on the same field as the Ravens right now. It's not just the record, right? It's, it's the record and the fact that they've beaten all comers, right? Like they, you, you just mentioned what they did to the Dolphins. I didn't know if I could bring it up. It was too soon. Um, mm-hmm. but they've also done they the same thing. Dolphins whooped them, dismantled <laughs> them. I know this is my job Destroyed at all. If I wasn't getting paid, man, to talk about this, believe me, I would not. Yeah, well, but it wasn't just them, right? Because that was less than seven days after they had just done the same thing to the San Francisco 49ers, who everyone had anointed as the best team in the NFL, and who had just, oh, by the way, beaten up on both the Cowboys and the Eagles. And so I would take it a step further. Right now, it's not, in my opinion, just that the Dolphins or, you know, who is it in the AFC that, that, that's going to compete? But right now, who in the NFL would you put up against the um, the Baltimore Ravens and say, hey, I think this is a better team? Maybe the only one that I could think of that has some buzz right now because the Chiefs hasn't been playing good are the Buffalo Bills. And is 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 the Bills' late-season surge enough to really get them back on that level? They're maybe the only team that the Ravens haven't taken down like that in the last few weeks. And the Bills are such a crazy team right now because they either need to beat the Dolphins this weekend to win a division and find themselves in a postseason, or they lose this weekend and probably find themselves out of a postseason altogether. It's like you go from second seed in the entire conference, or you ain't even in the dance at the end of the season. It all hinges on this matchup against your division rival. So there are no stakes bigger than this weekend between the Dolphins and the Bills. The Dolphins are in the postseason either way, but they are, of course, still trying to win the AFC East, and they would have to beat the Bills in order to do that. Baltimore is in a very different situation because they get a rest easy quite literally this weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're resting Lamar Jackson. They're resting a lot of their, their key starters because they've locked up the one. They've got nothing left to pay for. We already talked earlier in the show. If you missed anything here on Amber and Ian, go ahead and check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But we checked, we talked about earlier in the show how in 2019 they did that same thing. Lamar wins an MVP. They're the one seed in the AFC. They rest the final week. 
bada bing, bada boom, rust, right? Divisional round, they lose to the Titans' poor performance. Are they going to suffer from that? I maybe could see something playing out, you know, those sorts of things. The other thing, I guess, that could factor into this as dominant as the Ravens seem right now is they are getting teams that are beat up at the end of the season. The Dolphins, Mm -hmm. incredibly beat up. I get that that's not, it sounds like an excuse as a Dolphins fan because, of course, everybody's beat up at this point in the season. I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm just saying the reality of the situation. When you head into a postseason, are you going to see a slightly different landscape here after a couple weeks of rest? Those things, I guess, could alter this conversation. But short of that, it feels hard for me to make an argument on the other side because this Ravens team ain't just winning. They're so dominant and they're clicking. And Lamar Jackson is having an MVP caliber season where he actually, I think, gets the MVP. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you were really looking for things to be challenges for them, you could say that their three losses this this season, all three of those teams are still alive for the postseason. Um, now you could yeah, also say the Colts, yeah, the, Browns, the Colts, the Browns, and the Ravens. Ravens. The Browns, though. <sighs> Wait, no, who was the third loss? The Colts, the Colts, the Browns, the Browns and the um, Steelers. I'm sorry, Steelers. There you go. Yeah, I said okay. the Ravens. Yeah, the the thing is, the the Colts and the Steelers don't look like teams strong enough to push them should they meet again. The Browns. <sighs> <laughs> Flacco mania, whatever they're calling it, you know, all of a sudden with him at quarterback and they've still got that dominant defense. And oh, by the way, they were the most recent loss for the Ravens. Maybe you can make the case that that would be an old school, uh, current Cleveland Browns versus old Cleveland Browns, uh, divisional rival, you know, smash mouth type matchup that if it happened could be something that could at least give the Ravens pause. That's not crazy. If you asked me to choose the team in the AFC that I felt like might be the toughest matchup here for the Ravens, it would, in fact, be the Cleveland Browns. That has everything to do with that Browns defense. And I've been Mm -hmm. saying all season long, that's the best defense in the National Football League, and I still believe it. I still think that the pieces that I, you know, Miles Garrett should be squarely in the conversation for MVP because it's remarkable what they have done this season, keeping this team that's had, what, four different quarterbacks this Mm -hmm. season in the mix and into a postseason here where, yes, Flacco comes in and saves the day at the end, but it was a whole journey in order to even get there. And with all the adversity that team has faced, it is that defense that's been the corner zone the entire time, and it's why the Browns have had the season that they have had. That defense against that offense would be a heck of a matchup. And last time we saw it, the Browns won that game by two points. It was 33-31 to 31 back on November 12th. So, yes, I think that matchup, not that I think the Browns are the best team in the AFC behind the Ravens, but that matchup is the one that I think, ah, maybe, maybe that could be our competition. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if you could save hundreds on your car insurance. Andrew Hawkins, ESPN's NFL analyst, he was on Amber and Ian last night with me and Ian Fitzsimmons. I asked him this same question. Can anybody beat the Ravens? Here's Hawk. Yeah, the only team that can contend with the Ravens is the Ravens. They just have to come out and play their best games. And there's nobody else talented enough. Nobody else has players, a player that you can't schematically stop. If Lamar Jackson is playing at his best, there's no defense 
There is no strategy that prevents him from being the best player on the field. And you can't commit to stopping him from running because if he's throwing like we've seen him throw last week, there's nothing you can do. And you can't stop him in the past because if you put too much back and you give him too much space, he will take off. And if he's running and he's full health and strength, he's just going to be faster and more elusive than the players you have on your team. I don't agree with the analysis that nobody else has the talent. Because, yes, the Ravens are talented, but so are a lot of these other teams. Just in the AFC alone, not even taking into account the entire NFL. But it's that second part. It's the part of having to account for Lamar Jackson and trying to even slow down that Munkin system. That's why I point to the Browns, because of that defense. Because I believe in that defense is, well, maybe those guys could get it done. And you saw how it looked with that Dolphins defense trying to get it done, but that <laughs> Dolphins defense ain't the Browns defense, and also lots of injuries once again. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Dolphins defense ain't the Browns, but again, we keep talking about the week before that, they went to San Francisco and hung 33 right. points on them relatively easily, and the 49ers are actually supposed to have a good defense. And yeah, that, that last part is part and parcel of why Lamar Jackson is going to win the MVP this year, because he makes the rest of the talent better. You know, because they've also had injuries. They're on their what fourth running back this year, and mm-hmm. their running game is still dominant, right? Like, their receivers, they have more talent at wide receiver this year than they've had in previous years. But guys that have not had, you know, that much success at other stops are coming in, and all of a sudden now the Ravens' offense seems unstoppable. And that, and they've lost, you know, their arguable best player on, um, on the offense besides Lamar Jackson, you know, was the tight end, Andrews, and they lost him for the year and seemed to get better after that. And it all comes back to number eight. Defenses have to do so much to try to prevent him from taking over the game as a runner, as a passer with his, you know, deep throws with, with intermediate that it just allows everyone else to be able to uh, work against an imbalanced defense and, and really put their best foot forward. I've been a big advocate of Lamar Jackson. I mean, it was it was so ridiculous to me that for a couple of years there, I was having to have the conversation of should the Ravens pay him or should any of these other teams be interested in Lamar Jackson if, in <laughs> fact, the Ravens don't pay him? It was always such nonsense to me, this concept that he wasn't a top 10 quarterback in the NFL when we had seen him win an MVP in 2019. And, yes, the injury bug had had a lot to do with the few years after that being somewhat disappointing. Mike Greenberg, he hosts a little show here on ESPN. Maybe you heard of it. Greeny. Maybe you have heard of it here on ESPN. ESPN radio and he said that the critics there should be none left if Lamar makes it to a Super Bowl this season Peyton Manning was 0-3 in the playoffs once upon a time Mm -hmm. and I'm old enough to remember because I was hosting the show where we talked about it is Manning never going to make it as he cannot win the big game blah 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 and he was a lot older than Lamar Jackson is right now and he won the Super Bowl and no one ever said that anymore why haven't they won playoff games part of it is because he's been hurt the last two years Mm -hmm. he's been hurt didn't play in the playoffs oh by the way if he did maybe they would already have won by now analytics say that there is a better than 50-50 shot the Ravens are in the Super Bowl this year if they are then there will be no room left to question. I don't think there's any room left regardless of what happens in this post. Like, I'm done. I'm totally done. I was already done, frankly. I already thought the conversation was super stupid, but I had to have it here on ESPN Radio the last few years. I ain't having it anymore. I'm shutting down that conversation right here and now. That convo is done. It does not matter at all to me. If they get bounced in the divisional round, I don't care. 
the questions are answered in every facet in any every way when it comes to Lamar Jackson at this point. There's yeah. nothing left to say. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And you know, a lot of the rig and roll this summer was because of the whole he wanted a guaranteed deal and nobody should get a guaranteed deal and I, you know, I believe that's why teams were passing, and I believe those same teams um, are still looking for a quarterback this year. So mm-hmm. I believe they may have a little bit of a non-buyer's remorse. Yeah, well, and then he doesn't end up getting the guaranteed deal. I don't listen. The way he's gone with Deshaun, I'm not sure we're seeing that again anytime soon in the NFL. But certainly, the Ravens have in fact gotten their money's worth this season: 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, over 3,600 yards already this season. Coming up next, have we finally seen the last of Zach Wilson in New York, a quarterback that's having a very different or had a very different season than Lamar Jackson? We'll get into that next. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Zach Wilson will not be the quarterback of the New York Jets this weekend. In fact, he may never be the quarterback of the New York Jets ever again. The Jets, in their season finale, they take on the New England Patriots this weekend. Trevor Simeon will start again instead of Zach Wilson. Andre Snellings, he is starting for us tonight. Ian Fitzsimmons out. Andre Snellings in. We are appreciative of him taking his time to hang out here on Amber and Ian. So, Andre, Zach Wilson is a scratch, apparently still in concussion protocol or whatever bull bleep the Jets are feeding us when when it comes to Zach Wilson. A lot of people questioning, though, whether that means the end of Zach Wilson's career in New York. What say you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, uh, duh. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone is really questioning that. It's even <laughs> when they, they, they talked to Salah and they asked him about it and he said everything but. I'm trading this guy. You know, it was like, uh, yeah, he's going to have a great career, uh, might be elsewhere, but it's going to be a great career, you know. So I I think it's clear that the Zach Wilson experiment uh, with the Jets didn't work. I think really the only question is whether any other NFL team would still trade for him after what he's put on film the last, what, three or four years, or whether they would just have to cut him outright if they decide to move on. Right. I I think that that's going to be the question here the the Jets could hope to get some sort of really late round draft pick in exchange for him. Wilson's due to make a guaranteed five point five million in salary and bonuses in two thousand and twenty four. That ain't a ton of money. The dude's on a rookie contract coming out of BYU, but that is the final year of his four year 
$35 million overall rookie contract. The Jets have until May to make this decision on whether to exercise his fifth-year option. Everyone expects that they're going to decline that fifth-year option. But what Andre just said is right. Robert Sala fell all over himself saying all the right things that all sounded like a bunch of... mm, Boo-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> I like say, how you're, you're say, falling all over I'm yourself just, not I'm to just say. I'm trying to say something that's not a curse word here on ESPN Radio. Robert Sala, he's the head coach. Take a listen. He fought. He's a fighter. He, he really is. Obviously, there's things that I know he wishes he could have back. I know there's a lot of things that he improved on. Uh, some things were, not, were out of his control, but uh, um, I've said it, and I'll say it again. I think he's going to have a long career in this league. Do you see that career being here? Um, we'll see. It's all things that we're going to have to talk about once uh, once the season's over, but uh, uh, whether it's here or somewhere else, it's he, I, I believe he's going to have a hell of a year or a career. Is there anything grand scheme you guys would have done different with him from drafting him to kind of where, where you guys are now? Um, I think we admitted that when uh, you know it's all hindsight you know you wish you would have probably given that first year we've all said that and we've been pretty vocal about that but uh you know and we were hoping to get that this year and give him that that one year to watch Aaron play football and um and learn and grow and uh with all the different things that come with this scheme it's unfortunate four plays in what happened happened and uh but I, I don't think I think he's made tremendous improvements from a year ago I do I think he has it's just a unfortunate series of events that, that occurred I mean, there's no way not to listen to the position now of the Jets and not think, you know, the word that starts with bull and ends with the word that only (laughs) Pat McAfee can say on ESPN. Yeah, I mean, how hard he hit that one year. He said we were hoping to give him that one One, year. That one one underline underscored um, year. Yeah, I mean, the the experiment of, of, of Wilson with the Jets, from from jump, it just never went well. You know, he he shot up the draft boards after you know he threw the ball 117 yards or whatever it was in in the pre-draft process, and everybody kind of had dreams of Patrick Mahomes, right? Mahomes had already shown that that uh, a player could come in and tear up the league with arm talent, and and everybody was looking uh, at Wilson to be that next one, and you know he didn't get to sit a year like Mahomes. It does not appear that he ever was going to be Mahomes, but whatever he is going to be from here on out, it is not going to be a Jet. This season, Wilson was 4-7 and seven as a starter. He finished with eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. He's ranked 30th out of 30 qualified passers with a 30.4 total QBR. It's a difficult situation, though, that Zach Wilson walked into because although he is expected – to, to do miraculous things there as a rookie. He wasn't an NFL-ready rookie when he got drafted out of BYU. Nobody was looking at Zach Wilson at whatever, 21 years old or whatever it was when he got drafted, very, very young, mm-hmm. and thinking that dude's ready for the league. Nobody right. was saying that. And the Jets take him and then throw him into that situation where he's just supposed to trial by fire, right? Like he's just supposed to learn while he's out there navigating the reads, navigating these NFL defenses. And I understand that works for some guys. By the way, that doesn't work for the majority of guys, but that works for some guys that are, you know, and 
NFL ready, which Zach Wilson never was. And nobody was arguing that he was. So I feel like the Jets already made a debacle of the situation there. Then last season, they bench him multiple times in the season. They crushed the kids' confidence for Mike White. It was all for naught. They weren't making a postseason or doing any, making any noise in a postseason anyways last season. So who the heck cared? What was the point of toggling those quarterbacks back and forth and taking time away from Zach Wilson's development, whether it was ever going to develop or not? Sure as heck wasn't when he was sitting on the bench behind Mike White. And then you enter this season after him losing his job to Aaron Rodgers. And then, oh, by the way, now it's your job once again. And everyone has these expectations surrounding this team because those expectations coming into the season were when we had a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer under center. And now you're expected to sort of just pick up in the wake of that and somehow still get us to a postseason. The whole thing has been a mess. He's been benched this season several times. And then he finally had these great performances, the best performances of his career, where he passed for 301 yards and and those multiple touchdowns against that route of the Houston Texans. And then he goes out against the Miami Dolphins. He's under siege. He has no time. And he finds himself in concussion protocol early on. His career is over with the New York Jets. And I don't know if Zach Wilson is good. I've, I've been a staunch defender of Zach Wilson this whole time, and it's not because I think he's some great quarterback. It's because but his it's, last name is Wilson. Well, it's because his last name is Wilson, of course. Uh, and then also, it's just because of the way that he has been handled by the Jets. I, I feel like he has been set up for failure, mm-hmm. and so we shouldn't be shocked when he is, in fact, failing. I would have been surprised had he been the rare exception to the rule where you can rise above all that adversity and still in the face of it, the dude who's not NFL ready, just prove everybody wrong in in the wake of all of that nonsense that's been surrounding the team the last few years. That would have been the surprise. And yet no one is talking about the fact that, yes, Zach Wilson's record is bad. Robert Salo's record as a head coach of the New York Jets, 17-33. and 33. Mm-hmm. And that dude, when he came into this job, was supposed to be NFL head coach ready. Yeah, that's true. And I, I think with Wilson, what you would have hoped that he could put on tape, even in these, these bad situations, is what we've been seeing, um, you know, uh, from the Bears, um, from Justin right. Fields. It's like, even though he's had bad situations and, and he's he's – it's not guaranteed that he's going to keep the job beyond this year. He's shown enough flashes that you feel like there's something there. I don't think we've seen quite enough with Wilson, um, even though he's had some opportunities these last few years. Yeah, he's, he's certainly had his opportunities. I'm not saying he's made the most of them. I do think he'll get another shot because that's just how it works in the NFL. Coming up next, we also will get another shot as Amber and Ian rolls on here on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Andre Snelling's filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. Jake Butt. He is a former Michigan tight end, Big Ten Network analyst. And Jake, thanks so much for your time. You might be at this point, though, as great as your career has been, best known for apparently sweating through your shirt in a moment that's gone kind of internet viral. How does that feel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I mean, listen, like this is if you know, most people that don't know me, they, they all had their opinions. Some were understanding, some were you know, there's a wide range of opinions, but those that know me, my former teammates are like, yeah, this is exactly who Jake is. So I guess my fun fact about me is when I was playing for the Broncos, Gatorade would come around, they put these sweat patches on us and they would do a sweat test on every player. And that led them to get a sweat profile and they could craft their own Gatorade formula to keep you hydrated. Well, they said I was the sweatiest guy that they've ever tested since they started doing it. So I really can't control it. And of course, you know, I was running all up and down the stadium trying to get the best angle. To be honest with you, I just I, – I, I can't help it, but I have just like this childlike joy and passion for football. I just think it's such a great sport, really sports in general, but particularly football. And, uh, you know, my, my concern wasn't whether or not I looked good on the sideline. My concern was, man, I wanted to capture this moment as, as – uh, much as possible because I don't know when the next one will come. You know, these, these types of moments don't come all too often. I think the reason that it went viral is because, frankly, it was so relatable. I mean, at the end of that game, the Rose Bowl, getting over the hump for your alma mater there in Michigan, up against that Crimson Tide team and Nick Saban. In that moment, I would imagine, Jake, that there was a whole lot of people in the Michigan universe that felt the exact same way and were sweating in their living rooms without running around the entire Rose Bowl to get a, a better view. Oh yeah, totally. And that was, that's probably one of the more popular replies I got to it is everybody was like, totally understand. I was, I looked the same way in my living room. And, uh, you know, once again, I mean, that's pretty much what makes sports, particularly college sports, I think so special is because you have this, like you're like tied through space and time with your team. You know, it's like you went to Michigan, you went to Ohio state, you went to Alabama, your kids went there, your parents went there. You know, it's, it's, you know, I, I, funny, fun fact for me, I was born in Columbus, Ohio. And like the, and you know, when you're born in the city of Columbus, they wrap you up in an Ohio state blanket, right? So you're like born into this thing. And that, that's the purity of it. It's the suspense, it's the emotion. Thankfully for me, I was on the right side of it in that moment. You were certainly on the right side of it. Jake Butt, former Michigan tight end, Big Ten Network analyst joining us here on Amber and Ian. You mentioned there that that is college football. It's it's in your blood. And it was for me. I, I'm a Gator. I, I was a Gators fan from before the time I could even walk. So for me, I felt like, frankly, I had no choice but to go to the University of Florida, which worked out well for me in life. I'm happy about. But that was the beauty of college football. Things have changed a little bit here, Jake, in 2023. 324 with the transfer portal the way that it is how do you feel about the state of college football right now you know i I think that the first thing i would say is i don't resist change i think change is inevitable and i I think this direction where, where we're at right now if you are really following it this this is pretty obvious this shouldn't surprise anyone of where we are at 
Um, maybe the way it's being executed is a bit surprising, and, and I can point to the leadership to say, hey, because we didn't get ahead of it, um, it's kind of it's, – it's definitely exploded. Um, but my, my main opinion of this is I, I think it's great for the sport. When you think about the, the parity – you know, one of the biggest issues a lot of people had was, is like, hey, man, like, we know who the winner of the national championship is going to be every year. It's going to be Alabama. It's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Clemson, right? Like, that 10-year that run was those three teams because they were able to basically have a monopoly on the five-star talent in college football. And they still do. Don't get me wrong. They still do recruit at such a high level. But I think what you're seeing is, is you know, now a five-star has the freedom to transfer. And schools have the ability through collectives to incentivize players to transfer. So if you're a backup five-star on Alabama or Georgia and you realize you're not going to play, in the past you might stay there until you graduate. Well, now you can go transfer to other schools so the talent gets dispersed on a wider level in the playing field where some thought, you know, the play, some thought this was the end of college football. Some thought you never see parity in college football again, and yet – the opposite has actually been true. This has been some of the more competitive, fun, unpredictable seasons. And I, in a sense, I think this is only the beginning as we go to a 12-team playoff. You know, the Big Ten in particular is doing away of East and West divisions. They're adding four teams. The SEC is expanding. The Big 12 is expanding. This is, this is the beginning. If you don't like change, you're going to have to find another sport. This is the beginning of change, in my opinion. We will see further and further change. Uh, going forward year over year, and, and I, I really can't wait for it um, to see this thing evolve. Certainly not the end of college football. The Rose Bowl alone had 27.2 million viewers. The Sugar Bowl as well, breaking records in terms of viewership. Jake Butt joining us here on Amber and Ian. Let's talk about your team finally getting over the hump there in the Rose Bowl. Michigan is headed to a natty. What does that mean for this program? Oh, it means everything. And, you know, this season, obviously, for so many reasons, was challenging. It challenged the players' spirits, their um, physical ability, their mental ability, their will. And all the guys did was show up and continue to prove why they are the best team in college football, where they deserve to be the number one team. You know, the thing is, in, in, in every program, you know, has their own sayings and their own mantras, but... You know, Michigan, it's in their, you know, it's in their DNA to say, hey, and, and I, I understand outside looking in, some may not like this, but Michigan reversed themselves as the leaders in the best, right? It's like, hey, we're the winningest program in all college football. And the, the counter to that was, well, you guys really haven't won a national championship t- since 1997, and even that one was shared with Nebraska. Like, you're, before that, your last national title was back in the 40s. And there were some dark years in there, you know, my, my, particularly my first two years, 2013, 2014, and before that in the Rich Rod era, there were some dark years that were very far away from true, true winning. And even though Michigan had won these past two years where they got to the playoff and they got decimated by Georgia, they got to the playoff and it was a complete disappointing upset against TCU. This year, right, uh, right, a lot of those wrongs, and it's been so special to see. I know these players on a personal level, and, and you know, Blake Corum, what he does with the turkey drive immediately following the Ohio State game. You know, J.J. McCarthy, he had some tweets predicting this exact thing. Um, Chris Jenkins, the leadership, the way the guys rallied around Zach Zinner in the Ohio State game. 
I can tell you, you can hate the team. You can you can have your opinions. These guys are amazing, amazing human beings and great people. And you know, just getting to know them, I'm so happy for them. And here's the truth too. I mean, I don't know Washington on that level, but watching the Heisman ceremony and, and seeing how Michael Penix, you know, talked about the way he's overcome injuries and you know he had all the ACLs and his family was there. What I love about this, and I know this part isn't your answer, what I love about this is we're giving some unbelievable young men a, a platform to talk about who they are and what's important to them, and they're answering it with the highest form of character. Why I also love NIL is because we can show that th- these guys are the future of not just sports, but like they're our leadership. They're the representation of our country and the world. These guys are so so, so high character the way they carry themselves. It's so beautiful to watch. I cannot wait to see them take the field and compete next week. The parody is definitely playing out that you mentioned with these two teams that we haven't seen for so long in a national championship game. But there is a storyline here hanging over your team. And so I've got to bring it up because the future of Harbaugh, how frustrating before I even get to what you think is going to happen there. Is there any sort of frustration amongst the Wolverine fan base that they are gearing up for a national championship? This should be the highest of highs, and yet you're kind of grappling with this reality as well that things might look very different next year? Yeah, I'm sure there's frustration amongst the fan base, but you know, my opinion is, and, and how I would suggest anyone to approach this is, is, this is a sign of a good program. When you have a when you win games. Your coaches, other teams, other programs, they're going to look to your roster. You know, uh, when you're winning the way Michigan has, other teams are going to try to pluck your assistance. You're going to have coaching turnover year over year, and that's fine. For Coach Harbaugh, he, he set out when he came to Michigan my junior year back in 2015, he wanted to bring respect back onto that block M. He wanted to put Michigan in a place where they could compete year over year. That was his promise. And he's certainly delivered on that. I would love to see Coach Harbaugh sign a lifetime contract with the University of Michigan because I know how damn good of a coach he is and, he, and, and what he's done for my family as a leader. Um, he, he's been a phenomenal person to me and person to my family. I'd love to see him sign a lifetime contract, but I'll support him anywhere he goes. He's earned the right to explore all of his options and whatever, whatever his future holds, whether it's at Michigan or in the NFL – He will be an absolute asset to that team. You played for him for a couple years at Michigan. So I do have to ask then, since you know this man personally, what do you think happens here? And do you think it matters whether Michigan wins or loses this game on Monday? Or do you think that this is the decision that Harbaugh, either way, has probably already made? Here's the thing. Is, is anyone telling you that they know or they have a hunch is wrong? No one knows. The one thing I do know about Coach Harbaugh is that no one knows. He's a bit of a quirky dude, right? He, he keeps things close to himself. He doesn't show his hand. Even when he gives answers to the media, they're like answers, but he doesn't really tell you anything. He's the master of that. So anyone saying that they know, they're probably lying to you. They probably don't know. Um, does it matter whether they win or lose? I don't think it matters. I don't. But I will say this. No, I, I think if, some, if there's a team, regardless, if there is a team in the NFL that wants Coach Harbaugh to be their head coach, if they make a compelling offer, he will entertain it. And I'm totally cool with that. He's earned the right, once again, to, to entertain it. 
and two, explore the best option for him and his family. He owes no one. He doesn't owe a single person anything. Uh, so, so that's kind of my standpoint on everything. There will be a bunch of NFL teams that I think would like to have a conversation with Harbaugh about being the next head coach, not just because of what he did in the league before, but the hell of a job that he's done at your alma mater, Jake Butt. He was a Michigan tight end, Big Ten Network analyst now. Thanks, Jake. Yeah, great to, uh, great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Traeger is awesome. This Saturday, enjoy the one-of-a-kind wood-fired flavor on a Traeger Ironwood XL from the Home Depot. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Andre Snellings filling in for Ian tonight. More on the Michigan Wolverines. Andre is a Michigan alum. Let's get another Michigan alum's perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Michigan is headed to a natty. That makes Andre Snellings happy, I would imagine, because Andre Snellings, who's filling in for Ian tonight, he went to the University of Michigan. So now you find your team, Andre Snellings, in a national championship, finally, after getting so close the last couple of seasons. And I have a... uh... Uh, complex history with Michigan because I'm from Ohio, born and raised, had two cousins play football for Ohio State while I was growing up. And then I went to Michigan for grad school. And so, you know, among my family and friends, there's always the push of, you know, your your, your home or your alma mater. Well, here I don't have to choose. You know, this is the the, the Wolverines. They they finally are representing on the big stage. And, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've I've got a a, a chat thread with uh, some of my best friends. And I'm the only one that actually went to Michigan on this thread. But one of my best friends, Cole, is from Detroit. So he is the hugest Michigan fan. And so then we've also got some Ohio State fans on there. So it's, it's a lot of good-natured back and forth. But everybody is, is congratulating this year because the Wolverines look like they really can do it. Like they're, they're a good enough team to beat any team in the country. And they haven't shown that the last couple of years. So I, I've been really happy to see it this time around. They look like the real deal, given, frankly, they've looked like the real deal here the last couple of years. Last year, I think, being the more surprising of those two losses when they got so close there and then got bumped in a pretty shocking way in the first round. Here they get past Alabama, right, a Nick Saban team, and they do it. They hold off at the end. They get it done. Does it mean, though, that Harbaugh's done in Michigan? And that is the storyline that keeps lingering over, I feel like, this national championship. And, man, if you're a Michigan fan, I feel like that's got to be a bummer because it's the highest of highs that your team's in a natty. And, sure, they might actually win a championship here, but also you kind of know 
that the dude who's got you there, that the dude that's got you into the CFP and the CFP again, and now actually to a national title, that guy might be leaving. And so there would be some questions about the future of your program. I'm guessing you feel a little bit better about how they held up without him (laughs) on the sidelines for, for basically half the season. But even so you'd be disappointed to see Harbaugh go because he got you here. And that storyline's kind of hanging over this moment of elation. Yeah, though I think it's it's a lot quieter now that they're making it to the Natty than it was coming into the Final Four. Because right now, this week is kind of you just get to enjoy it, right? You know, they exercised whatever demons they've had for the last couple of seasons. They played well enough. They beat an SEC team. Interestingly enough, I don't know how much we've been talking about on the air, but the Final Four was two teams that are now Big Ten teams against two teams that are now SEC teams, and both Big Ten teams won. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that's huge because college football is always all about the SEC. And so Michigan has gotten that out the way. I don't really know. I know for me, I'm not so concerned about what Harbaugh does next year right now. Right now, I'm just like, what's up with Monday? You know, is is this team going to show up again? Washington's the real deal, so it looks like it should be a heck of a game. But that's where my mind is, and I'll worry about whether Harbaugh is going to be in uh, Las Vegas or Los Angeles next year uh, in the offseason. Well, part of the Harbaugh legacy is going to be what happened this season in terms of those suspensions. The three games at the beginning of the season, the three games at the end of the season, the one self-imposed, the other one conference-imposed. Chris Carlin, he hosts a show here on ESPN Radio. Maybe you've heard of it, called Carlin versus Joe. And he said that if Michigan wins this thing, it's going to be tainted. I understand for the theater of college football, it's awesome that we have Michigan playing for the national championship and they can wear the black hat and they can enjoy all of that all they want being a villain. We're so together. Our togetherness is awesome. (laughs) Hey, Jim, you cheated. We all know you have cheated. And I'm sorry. The majority of the country, I think, In a very tough situation, by the way, because nobody loves to root for Alabama. But I think people were actively rooting. I'm in an airport yesterday. People are actively rooting against Michigan because they know, they know that this is absolutely going to carry a stain with it. (laughs) I don't agree with what Carlin just said. I don't feel like anybody... I don't feel like anybody was rooting for Michigan or for for Alabama rather. I don't feel like anybody was rooting against Michigan because of what Carlin noted there nobody wants to root for Bama. Bama is just it's just that dynasty team, right? It's you know, it's the Yankees. It's it's the Lakers. It's whoever you want to make it. It's it's annoying. And and when teams get to that point, it's cute for a while and and then even with Golden State it gets annoying at the end of the run. With Alabama, it feels the same way. It's been so successful for so long. Even as an SEC girl, Andre, and we normally root for our conference. I can't bring myself anymore to root for the Crimson Tide. I'm also just tired of it. I found myself rooting for Michigan despite the accusations. I didn't care. Yeah, I mean, and plus, honestly, I feel like in my heart of hearts, unless you're a fan of the team that Michigan is going up against, nobody really cares. I mean, You know, another Michigan alum, uh, Tom Brady, how often do people be like, hey, you know, that championship they won that one year is tainted because of whatever, uh, Spygate or Deflategate. I mean, it it comes up with people that don't like Brady uh, 
are 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 in the midst of talking about why they don't like Brady. But I mean, those people bringing it back to Michigan, that's just how they're going to feel. They just didn't like Michigan. But I don't think there's going to be a taint unless it's a, a type of thing where the NCAA brings sanctions down later that says this season doesn't count. Uh, and, and then that could maybe be a big deal, like how when the Fab Five had to vacate all of their awards during that era. But, I mean, I think back to when USC, right, their title got taken away a few years ago. But in my memory, Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush and Pete Carroll, that was a championship-winning team. And I feel like if the Wolverines win this season, it'll be the same. Yeah, the USC experience is the exact one that I was going to point to as well because I think all of us remember USC winning, right? None of Mm -hmm. us remember any of the other details. And frankly, I think all of us feel like Reggie Bush needs his Heisman back. Like, it's stupid, (laughs) right? Like, we all think it's stupid. Even if the accusations were accurate, and given that is is a whole – that's recruiting and and that looks really stupid now in 2024 (laughs) with the landscape of NIL, what USC and what Reggie Bush got in trouble for, frankly. But regardless, it all just seems stupid many years later. That's kind of how I think that this thing with – Michigan Ghost, because you're right. It's how it works with most championships. We sort of forget the details. I mean, if you're banging on trash cans and stealing signs, maybe we'll mention it with the World Series until you then win the seemingly legit one. But in so much of sports, it feels like everyone is skirting the rules. So unless it's something that the public really qualifies as truly egregious at the time and that there's no opportunity for anybody else to have been doing the same thing, then they're probably not mentioning it when you win the title. But they certainly aren't mentioning it years later. ESPN rolls on next.